Now, now, real people, real opinions. Nighttime talk with Niall Boylan. Ireland's classic hits radio. A lot of the time uh, for the segment, we go to Australia or stateside because it's kind of late and the time different suits uh, because it's earlier there. But tonight, I'm delighted to have a homegrown talent in the studio with a fascinating story. Joe Doyle is a former bricklayer who is now a successful property investor with a 22 million euro property portfolio. He describes himself as Ireland's top business mentor for tradesmen and the construction industry. To date, he has mentored over 3,000 business owners and aspiring property investors and has reached over 3 million people in Ireland and the UK with his businesses. Joe joins me now to chat about his life and career and maybe give us all a few hints around business. Joe, how are you? Top man, Noel. What, what an intro. I'd be uh, impressed I, to meet that guy myself if I didn't know. <laughs> I know I've built you up here, you Joe. Did. I've built you up. Joe, let's go right back. Before, you know, it is a kind of bit of a rags to riches story, right? I suppose to some degree. I mean, when you you know, your upbringing as a child, was your was your family well off or were they just average working class family? Uh, no, just just an average family. Um my dad was a bricklayer and I served my apprenticeship with him. Oh. And uh, he had uh, a small little building crew going. And uh, I just start working with him basically from... And see, that's a problem in society now. We're not encouraging kids to go into those kind of, you know, bricklaying, plaster, electrician, you know, plumber. We're not encouraging. They all want to go on keyboards. They all want to do techie stuff. And we're not encouraging them to get out there. There'll be no builders and bricklayers left in 10 years. Absolutely. Yeah. Pl- the plumber is the YouTuber of 2030. <laughs> right, of you know, course. They, as in, like, the, the YouTuber is the topical thing now, but... Like I'm, I'm talking to a lot of guys. The easiest way in the world, in Ireland today, to make a hundred grand clear profit per year, is to be a self-employed tradesman, particularly mm-hmm. a plumber. Because you can't get them anymore. Absolutely. I mean, if you even ring a tiler, I was looking for a tiler a while ago. You're, you're talking. I'll do the job for you, but I can't come out and give you a price for at least four months. Yeah. They're all booked out. Yeah. And no problem getting work at all. So you started off, you know, as an apprenticeship, learned to, to be a brickie, which is a tough job, by the way. It's a very manual job, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, but look, when you're a kid, like you, you want to be out there, you want to have the rough hands and all that sort of carry on. That that didn't put me off. Well, see, that was all I knew. Yeah. So, like, there was a rule in my house that I went to school or I went to work. And yeah. that was it. It was consistent. Just listening to your earlier guests there, um, callers there talking about different things in society and all. Like, that's the one thing that I'm very grateful to my father for because it wasn't a question whether I went to work or not. You had a, It wasn't even a choice. No, you, you went just did to it. work. You went to school or you went to work. And I'm talking from. 10 or 11 years old, you know, he'd come in and wake you out bed Saturday, Sunday. He's a bit of a workaholic himself, he was. Um, so I just went to work every single day. That was it. And, and what age were you when you left school? Did you do Did you do an intercert or...? I'd done the junior. Left after the junior, yeah. Yeah. You know, the, I, in my day, they used to have the group cert. Do you remember the group cert was before the... You were a little bit before my time. Yeah, they had the group <laughs> cert and the intercert. And the group cert was for those lads who wanted to leave and do an apprenticeship. So that was in kind of second year. They were only 16, 15, 16 years of age. Yeah, I was 14 or, or just gone 15 when I left, you know. But like my yeah. my biggest dream when I was a kid was to be a bricklayer. That was it, you know. Mm. And uh, a couple of years into the bricklaying apprenticeship, I'm like, oh, jeez, man, this is, this is... I'll never get rich at this rate, you know. Yeah. So uh, you just learn. I, I remember one day there was... Um, I don't know what happened there, but it was a particular job where I couldn't get to the job and it was, it was meant to be me and another couple of brickies um, doing a job. And bear in mind, like, I was only out of my time, so I would, I would never have been as good on the trail or as fast on the trail as the old lads that were out of 10, 15, 20 years at that stage. And for whatever reason, I didn't get to the job that day, but the job still got done. And that was my first kind of lesson in that 
you get paid based on what you get done versus what you do personally. Mm. And then I realised, look, this is, you know, being on the tools is not the way to go. So you... Yeah. you, uh, you, you and how many bricks a day could you do, by the way? Ah, look, it depends what you're doing. Like, you know, there's, you know, there's bricks, there's blocks, there's cavity blocks, there's solid blocks, block on edge, block on flat. It depends what you're doing, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, sure, like, I, I, I packed it in, like, you know, probably about six months after I finished my apprenticeship. I was like, that's it. Done with this now. Um, I'm going to be a builder. So then I went off and became a builder. And then I was like, right. So you were sub- so basically you were getting lads in who were subbing to you. And, and Small little crew, you know, build yeah. a little porch or some a little extension, something like that. Um, yeah. And then I was at that and I got sick of that fairly sharpish as well. As, and I realised And that, was there money in that? Were you making money out of it? I was only a kid. Like, I was only about, you know, 19, 20 then. So fairly low overhead, still living in the Mars house. So wouldn't have been mm. making much, but would have been getting me wage probably in a little bit more, you know. Yeah. Um, you got your, you get your wage like everybody else, and you might have a couple of grand left at the end of the job. Um, but mm. you know, I didn't really know what I was doing at that point either. Um, then, because like, at that point, then somebody had opened my eyes up to the idea of of, of uh, being a property investor. So um, I bought a house, bought the house next door to my ma's house, and then I got an opportunity to buy a little bit of land and build another house. You know, when I say a bit of land, you know, like a side garden around one side of the, garden, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah done that and then I realised wow actually this is there's money to be made at that then bought and where, where did you get and where did you get the money to buy the house and the money to build the house then in the garden where was that money coming from were you yeah. borrowing it yeah yeah you were borrowing it yeah so it was it was mad like it's different times then but you see there's always there's always an angle there's always an avenue so like I'm fairly out there now and I'm talking to lots of people about business every day and they're like ah you can't do that now you know you can't do that now possibly but there's something else that you can do, you know. Mm-hmm. But the the reason why I end up building the houses as opposed to buying them was because, like back then, the house was like 150 grand or something like that, and I only needed eight percent to get the first house. So what's that like 12 grand or something like that, yeah. whatever the number yeah. was. So it was all right in the first one, but after the first one, you need 30 percent to buy yeah. a house. So now yeah. you need 45 grand. So where am I going to get 45 grand when I'm 18, 19 years old? You know. But I spoke to a banker and he said, if you want to build a house yourself. We'll give you eighty percent of the cost. No, sorry. We'll give you eighty percent of the site cost and a hundred percent of the build cost. So then the amount of money I needed to get into the day was quite small. So ten grand or so was onto yeah. the next house. So then I just kept doing that, and it was and the money of, you were making off one, you were investing into the next. Put into house. the next one. The next. Now listen, it, it didn't. It didn't <laughs> I, I done that. Like so, I bought the first house when I was eighteen. Then I built one nineteen. Built one twenty. Probably built two. Then when I was twenty one. You know, and start mm. going, and then by the time I got to twenty three, that was two thousand and seven, and just like a, a, a gambler at the races, winning, I was putting everything onto the next one, and then the pack of cards fell, and I was like, "That's what I was going to say." Yeah. So, so when the economy crashed, you were in a bad way because all those houses you were building were suddenly devalued. Oh, I was gone. Like, yeah, the banks wanted their money back. I almost ended up bankrupt. Um, mm. I know a lot of fellas who did go back. One particular mate actually was building a hotel and golf course. He was in the middle of building a hotel and golf course at the time. And on the golf course, there was 20 houses. Uh, and he was in the middle of all that. And he was in debt to the tune, I think it was 35 million. Um, I think it could have been Anglo-Irish or Bank of Ireland, I can't remember. But basically, they called the whole lot in. Yeah. Never got finished at the time. And he lost it all. And you know, he nearly lost his own house and everything over it. So it was tough times. Yeah, it happened, happened like, you know, um, to so many people. And it was only, like, just pure sheer luck that it didn't happen to... Well, I don't look, but it was just determination. Like, I was like, no, I'm not going I'm not going bankrupt. Because at the time, bankruptcy laws in Ireland meant you were out of the game for 12 years. Yeah, And you had right. to You had to go to 
England if you wanted to be out and back within a year and like what happened to me I, I grew up in Clondalkin like in, in, in one of the less glamorous parts of it you know um, there was a lot <laughs> of carry on going on there and you know people who I went to school with they were getting into trouble they were going to jail all sorts of carry on and uh, How did you not fall into that trap? Because they say you know when you live in an area when you know the lads in the area are all getting themselves into trouble robbing cars or whatever you tend to gravitate towards that kind of antisocial behaviour. How did you avoid that? Or you... It was it was just fluke, like yeah. it, like it wasn't that I was a genius, or anything, like you know, like I, I it was just fluke. You know, yeah. I, I I've written a book for tradesmen, and I, I talk about that at the start, like that. I can remember, like you know, being at parties and stuff happening, and and, and lads trying drugs for the first time, and all this sort of carry on, and you fast forward, like six months later and the boys are in bits you know and like Jesus Christ thank, thank God I just didn't go there that day you know or thank God mm. I left early you know not knowing well kind of on, on the one hand you know that you shouldn't be going there but on the other hand you don't realise that this is the moment that's going to define you or mess your life up you know so yeah. like it was I, I've been very lucky um, in that I've managed to you know miss out on a load of them banana skins that people slipped on and, and I set them back Greatly, you know. Okay, so so after the, the recession, 2013-14, I suppose it started to come back again. Did you go back into it then and start building more? Yeah, so what happened there was like I was just kind of like a little general builder tipping away. Then I started building my own houses. Then all that kind of went by the wayside. And then I set up a proper business, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I, I heard a business mentor to help me out and show me the ropes and stuff like that. And that's when I, I built a profitable business. Yeah. And... Uh, I, I kept at that for years, but really what I was doing at all times, and it depends on who's listening now, this, I'm going to say a bad word here, Noel, so forgive me, you know, but like, mm. I was, I wanted to be an, a landlord, I wanted to be a property investor, you know, and as I was... Yeah, landlords are not all bad people with capes and hats on them, you know, I mean, they're, they're kind of painted in a very dark light in this country, but they're not all that bad. Landlords are the saviours of society. Let me tell you well, that. Well, they're doing the government's job at the moment, aren't Absolutely. they? They're providing accommodation. A hundred percent, yeah, yeah. Although extortionate rates, but they are providing and extortionate it. taxes. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's. Yeah, the no, thing. no, I get that. Yeah. I do get that. But and that's the government's fault for relying on the private landlord. Yeah, you know, and I suppose that's a, a conversation in, in in itself. You know, but like that was the gig I wanted to be at. That so any time that like I was always saving for a house. Like every week, I saved money for a house. So you know, um, the things went wrong for me when I was aged. 23 back in 2007 and it took four or five years to just keep the head mm. down trying to figure it out and then after that like every week I was saving 100 quid or 1000 quid or a couple of thousand depending on how the, the week went in that business I was just continually saving for a house and uh, I was just buying houses all the time um, mm. and it was easy because everybody else was scared to buy them because they were very yeah. cheap you know um, yeah. and then I left the building game just to focus on the property and uh, when I left that then, because it was kind of like, you know, like I, I learned a lot from my old lad, you know, and, and not even from him, like, show me. He's like, I learned a lot. But like, right, I won't do the things the way he's doing. And he's like, he'd say to you, whatever you say, son, say nothing. You can talk to whoever you want, but don't tell them anything. And that, uh, yeah. yeah, that was his. He had, a, he had a kind of list of golden rules. Yeah, exactly. And... I so I my won- my wife has a list of golden rules and those you know yeah there's no friends in business never let your left hand know what your right hand <laughs> is doing <laughs> All yeah this kind of stuff. which which is mad stuff but I I think like my old lad like well, they're great rules well they're great rules I don't know um I think the rules that he has like that are uh, they're of a generation and they kept people in a certain situation yeah. or a certain position but when I left the building game. You know, people that knew, people from the area knew the vans around, they knew me and they, they knew that I was doing a few bits of business. So, come here, can I ask you a question? And I was just an open book because I'm out of building game. I'll tell you, Ant, you want to know. 
And then I yeah. realised like, people want to know this and that's when the whole social media thing came around and an even bigger and better business and more fulfilling business came from that then, you know? Okay, so it's advi- in advising other people on how to go about doing what you were doing, essentially. Yeah, th- that's it, you know? And it's like, I'm going to show you everything I've done and I want you to do this part and I want you to skip them five years where I almost then went bankrupt and mm. just go to the next piece and... You know, lads are coming up to us and they've all sorts of great ideas and then they've got a big dodgy piece in the middle. I'm like, just don't do that no matter what. And they're like, why, why, why? It's like, I'm promising you, if you do that, you're going to possibly regret it, you know? So and why then, aren't you on the telly like Dermot Bannon? I'm here talking to you now. Someone on the radio, aren't they? That's good. <laughs> but like, social media is the new telly in my eyes, you know? Well, it is. And, I, you know, you've got a TikTok channel, yeah, social media. And how's that going for you? Yeah, it's great. You know, we've... we've Nearly 100k followers on Facebook and probably about 160k right across the board. I've got I've got a tough audience in that. Uh, if anybody wants to follow me, by the way, I'm everywhere on Joe Doyle uh, Joe Doyle Entrepreneur. So I've got my Instagram open here, so we see the uh, the followers going up. You know. But, <laughs> okay, um, so go Instagram. If you go to Instagram, it's Joe Doyle Entrepreneur. Entrepreneur, yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and and, and okay. do you know what? If I'm allowed to say this, if if any tradesmen are listening and you want to send me a me- just send me a message with towards Noel Boyle and I know they're listening to this and we'll send them a few resources to help them out. You know, but yeah, uh, give them a bit of a discount, will you? I'll give it to them for free. I'll give them something for free because they're they're friends of your show. You know, we have to oh, yeah. we have to look out so, for each other. So I tell you what, we're going to do. We're going to take a quick break, but I want to get to how you got to 22 million. Um, yeah, no worries. Is that figure just out of the sky? But I'll, I'll come to that <laughs> after the break, all right? right. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, the number is 087-188-0008. By the way, if you want to give us a call and you want to talk to Joe, that sounds all wrong <laughs> if I say talk to Joe. Good afternoon and welcome to the live line. If you want to talk to Joe and uh, you want any advice, by the way, what sort of advice would you give people on, on what? On, on building or investment or uh, buying properties? Is that the kind of advice you'd give? So... Uh, I'm very targeted in the people that I usually deal with. So I help self-employed tradesmen improve their business. Right, okay. Very, very specific. All right, okay. So if you are a self-employed tradesman and you're looking for a bit of advice, um, or you're just generally looking for any kind of advice when it comes to business, uh, Joe is the man. So if you want to talk to Joe, you can send us a text or a WhatsApp, and the number, as usual, is 087-188-0008. Now, Joe, getting back to, I suppose, where you cut it, because... It takes a bit of training to train other people and to, you know, to inspire other people. And you went to um, Grant Cordon in, uh, he's a world-renowned entrepreneur. He's an author, speaker, an investor and a coach. So what was that experience like and what did that teach you, by the way? Yeah, so look, when when I had left the the building game and I realised like people wanted to listen to what I had to say, well, when I realised people would listen to what I had to say, you know, I realised I had a voice, so I needed to get a, I needed to get a system, and a, I needed to basically get a, a microphone, and not a microphone like what's in front of us here now, but you know, I needed to have a system so people could get the message. So I basically tried to figure out who was the best person in the world that I knew that was doing what I would like to do, and uh, you know, most of those people were were from the states. So I just, you know, start spending a bit of money going to to. For, you know, to, to these events that these guys were doing and learning from them. And they were learning me things that was helping me become better at my business and stuff like that, you know. So, you know, mm. there's, whatever you're, whatever line of work you're in, there's somebody out there that's better than you and can do what you're currently trying to do, but they can do it effortlessly. And yeah, I mean, he, he's got, he's worth about 700 million. At the moment, oh, he's nearly a billionaire now at this stage. Yeah, yeah. He knows his yeah. stuff. He has the private jet and all the big houses in Malibu and all that sort of stuff. He, he's, <laughs> he's, he's at the next level. And is, level that your, is that your plan? Because, okay, so 
First of all, how did you get to 22 million? Now, I know you have a book out, by the way, and I believe it's a wonderful book. It's a, it's a bestseller as well, The Tradesman's Survival Guide. Yes. Which documents the kind of step-by-step approach tradesmen need to take if they want to go from, I suppose, a busy tradesman to a successful business owner. Because that is the ultimate plan. Because you can you can go around making extensions for the rest of your life and, you know, and pulling a few grand every month or whatever it happens to be on each job. But that's not going to make you a multi-millionaire. No. So you need to move from that to having a successful, profitable business. And that's what the book is all about. It's taking you that journey across, right? So in February 2024, the book became a bestseller on Amazon. Yeah, just recently, yeah. Yeah, in the mentoring and coaching category. Um, So how did you get to the 22 million? And what do you have to have to get to the 22 million? All right, so look, 22 million is, is the is the current value of the property company. Like if we sell everything today, it's 22 million. To pay back some mortgages, there's, there's money left over after that, you know. Um, mm. But we're, we're on this journey to get to 100 million. That's the plan. You know, I just think the day that I get to 100 million quid as just, you know, a kind of a, a lad that hung around the corners in Greenford and then became a bricklayer, like that's going to be inspiration to every other lad that's hanging around the corner, potentially going to get himself into trouble and, you know, he's... Mm. all the sort of messing that comes along with that you know so that's you know that's my plan that's where I'm going I've been saying it for for years and I, I've been saying it even before I believe actually I'll tell you how, how, I, how I start saying it right um, I used to have this picture of on my wall of Conor McGregor right and I, actually, I had to take it down because it got me banned off Facebook because he was in the octagon you know with the little kind of boy front pa- yeah, not boy front yeah. the little kind of speed out, whatever the pants yeah. are called, you know the stuff yeah. right and Facebook flagged that as nudity right and I used to always like, <laughs> they, they, yeah, they flagged, flagged McGregor so as nudity. Yeah, yeah, on, so yeah. they banned me for in Facebook jail for a month, right? But I used to say to the guys, look, that man went out and got us 100 million. The game we're playing, it's unlikely we'll go out and get 100 million, but surely we could get a million in a year if we'd done this, right? And then I realised that, boy, we keep putting this out there saying we can't get 100 million. I'm not doing anybody any favours. So then people used to say to me, look, well, you know, because I, I work every waking hour. That's it. Every waking hour I work, like I'm, you know, if I'm not, giving some attention to the to the children. If I'm not in the gym, I'm working. Simple as that, mm. you know. Mm. Um, and people had, had noticed it and they'd ask me, why are you working so much, you know? And uh, and then I just start saying, well, I'm, I, I want to get 100 million. And they kind of laugh, you know. And then I'm like, no, I want to get 100 million. And then I realised, actually, we can get this 100 million. It's, it's, it's not that difficult, you know. And, you know, if you're doing any job and you're 22% of the way there, Chances are you can finish it off, you know, because the, the rate that we're accelerate that we're growing now is accelerating, which is. And what, where did that twenty two million value come from? Well, obviously selling everything up, and obviously paying off your debts and mortgage. But where, where did all that stuff come from? Was that how long did it take you to build up that portfolio? So, so this is the the crazy thing. Like I'm forty now in a couple of months' time, right? I bought my first house when I was eighteen. So, like that's like that's twenty two years it's after taking me to get to that point. It's a million a year, so it's, it's yeah. Kind but of... the thing is, like when I left the building game six years ago, we had about eight or nine million. So in six or seven years, whatever it is, we've gone from, say, nine million to 22. And the last few deals we've done were like million plus deals, you know. So now the rate that we're growing is accelerating. So, you know, I think we'll be at... Well, money makes money, doesn't it? Well, it's just momentum. You know, as mm. you're going, it's it's momentum. So like we got from zero to 22 million, like kind of one at a time. Um, now if we want to go from 22 to 50 million, we'll do that five at a time. And... Uh, Mm. You know, we're, we're well known in the space, we're well established. If people say to me that they're selling a house or, or, or a building of some description and I tell them they're going to get their money, they know they're going to get their money. Yeah. You know, and we've got all these people that, you know, private individuals that just lend us money and, and they, they get money back off that. And it's a, it's a, it's a big kind of ecosystem that we've built. Well, well, at the, well, at the moment, it's good because obviously property values are quite stable at the moment. There's, 
still rising kind of very slightly. They're, they're kind of up and down a little bit now. There was a time there two years ago where they were rising quickly. But do, do you have a fear that, you know, what happened in 2007, 2008 could happen again? Now, they're not predicting it. It'll happen in the same way. But there is a recession and we are going back into a recession again, but it may not be a property recession this time. Yeah, look, there's no doubt like pro- property is cyclical. It goes up, it goes down, you know. Um, you know, you ha- as you can make money in... Ev- Here's the simplest way to describe it. The property market is like a clock, an old standard clock, not a digital clock, right? An analogue, yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, no matter where you are in the cycle, there's a different strategy that you deploy to use in order to grow your portfolio. Mm-hmm. So when you're, when the property market is on its knees like 2008, you just go out and you just buy for cash and that's the end of it. Yeah. Then as things are heating up, you know, you need to use a different strategy and then we're at the top of the market, you need to do it. Like, you don't buy land, hope to get planning permission, build a load of houses um, and sell them when you're approaching the 11 o'clock hour on the, the property clock. It's just, you might get out of it, but it's too risky. Yeah. So usually if the... If the market is report, if the if the mainstream media is reporting good news about the property, it usually means that it's not good news to be actively investing based on what they're saying. So if okay. they're telling you it's a bad time to like you know house prices have dropped all this sort of stuff, that's a good time to get in. It's a good time to get in, yeah. <laughs> okay, so because a lot of people did well out of getting into houses in two thousand and ten when yes. they were kind of half the price they are now. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. It's, it's mad, you know, and, and yeah. thankfully now I've seen. Seen the up, the down, and the up. So I've seen two ups and one down. So I know what goes around. I know um, because should people should people bought in in two thousand five or two thousand six in the Celtic Tiger when they were at the peak, four hundred thousand for a house in Dublin or whatever it was, right? And and they were all screwed because they said they all ended up in negative equity in two thousand nine. And and you know what? Nobody more so than me, right? But the reason what why I almost went bang back then was because the bank decided they wanted their money back because the values dropped. Now I managed to retain a couple of those properties and you know, a four hundred grand property in two thousand and seven probably dropped to one fifty. But you were on like a tracker mortgage one percent for a long, long time and most of the mortgage repayment was off the capital. So I've got properties now that I bought back then and I still managed to keep them. And once you stay, if you're in for the long haul, you will always do well. Oh yeah, they'll come back up to 400,000 again eventually. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Which they are now, which they probably are now. Yeah. So, it's... so okay, 22 million. So the plan is to get to 100 million. Yeah. So, so you're going to, you reckon that because obviously there's a momentum going now, rather than getting in for one deal, you can go in for five at a time or five houses at a time or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and we're doing different types of deals now. So we're moving into commercial space. We're going to end up buying some hotels, stuff like that. And mm. it's much easier to to hit those sort of numbers at that stage. Very hard. And is to, it just you or is, or is there anybody else involved? I mean, obviously the people working with yeah, you. Yeah, it's I my imagine. company, you know, and I've got like a solid team of people that work around me, like, you know, solid crew on the social media side, solid crew on the, the property side. Solid crew when I go home in the evening. My missus is an absolute legend, you know. My mum, my sister, everybody supports me. Um, on that end, so I can just focus on on, on mm. work, basically. You know, um, yeah. you can't do and it. It is, it is it is vital to have the right people working with you because if you don't have the right people working with you, it's all going to fall down, isn't it? Yeah, no, absolutely. And and like I'm 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 quite tight about who I let into that inner circle because when you when you trust people, you know they can let you down, and it can be it can be quite difficult to kind of gather that momentum again. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but at the same time, like it's it's not that difficult to do if you follow a plan and follow a strategy, you know. So what would you say to somebody in who was in your position, or the position you were in, who's there now at the moment, and he's building extensions, 
or you know, I don't know, or he's building the odd house here and there, making he's not, you know, he's making a good living out of it, but he wants to be you. Yeah. So the the first thing you must have, it's it, like a, it, this is gonna sound very si- very silly, like but like the first thing you must have is a target. How much do you want? And when do you want to hit that target, boy? So for me, like all of my guys, it's 500 quid a day. You must be clearing 500 quid a day to put yourself in a position where you have any good quality of life. So that's, you, you know, you're now, a, you're now not just a simple self-employed tradesman working on your own. You are now a business owner. And you might be a business owner in the business of one. Now, this will, this will work in any mm-hmm. industry, but I just focus on what I know. And the reason why I like dealing with tradesmen is because when you start acting the maggot, I can... Give it, give it a bollock in here and there, and they, yeah. they just cop on, you know. Um, but very simple. You're now a business owner. You might be a business owner in a business of one. You may be your only employee, but you are a business owner, and you need to have a target. And the minimum target that you should have is a clear and absolute profit of five hundred quid a day. That's fifteen so, grand a month. Yeah. Yeah. Now I, we round it down to ten grand a month, which is twenty working days. In oh, the twenty month, working you know? days. Okay. Um, no, but look, it's, you're, you're bang on there. So if you're a bricklayer, a carpenter, or whatever, a, tip, a painter, tipping away, doing work for 150, 200 quid a day, right? And then I come in and give you a new set of rules, right? And the first rule, the first rule is your target is 500 quid, right? Go and start thinking what you can do to hit that target. Well, you can go down and charge Mary down the road 800 quid to paint the room for the day. You know where she's going to tell you. So you need to ask yourself, how can I deliver value that people are willing to pay me enough money that there's 500 quid a day left over? And so how, okay, so let's go back to the painter. Yeah. So the painter who's painting, you know, Mary's house, or so I'm assuming you would be advising him. You need to have three lads working with you, doing four jobs a day. Yeah. So just you, you, you either increase the productivity or you increase the profitability. So you increase the productivity by bringing more people in. So for example, for a one man band to make five hundred quid a day, he needs to charge roughly eight hundred fifty quid. It's not good value for the client. For no. a two man operator, he needs to charge roughly a thousand and fifty. So now it's five twenty-five per day to the to the client. It's still too expensive, but as you start bringing more people in, the effective rate per day gets cheaper. So it represents better value to the client. Mm-hmm. So that's just doing standard work, and it is tricky enough to make that money doing standard work. But not every job pays the same amount. So some jobs you can charge more for. Some jobs people pay. So for example, if you go home tonight and you flick the switch and the light doesn't come on and when you walk into the hall there's water on the floor you don't care how long the guy is there that fixed that if he comes out to you at 12 in the night and he fixes that and he's gone in 10 minutes and he tells you it's, a, it's 200 quid you're over the moon because he's fixed the problem however if you're paying a, if you're paying a guy to paint your hall stairs in London and he's saying it's 600 quid and he's gone in 2 hours you're disappointed yeah. so you need to understand that you have to give value and once oh, what that, seems to be value anyway, yeah. Yeah, well, no, it's, it's, it's value, but it's not value on your, in your eyes. It should be value in the client's eyes. And sometimes yeah. you have to increase the productivity and sometimes then you have to start doing more specialised work. So we're always telling the guys to do more specialised work. You know the way you see the, the vans going around, all jobs, you know, whatever, ABC, building contractors, no job too small, all aspects of work undertaken. I'm like, no, no, don't do that. You know, be a specialist in one thing, you know. ABC Plumbing, specialist in after-hours call-outs. Specialist in this. So have a USP, yeah. Have a yeah. USP. Be different from everybody else. And this, like the, the example I always use is, if you go to see the doctor, 
what's he charges? 60 or 80 quid. He's a GP, a general practitioner. And if you're particularly sick, he'll send you to the, the specialist. Yeah. yeah, and the specialist will confirm what the doctor said and he hits you with a bill for 200 quid. And you're happy to pay the specialist because you know you're getting the best care there. Yeah. Because you, you believe you're getting value for money. Yeah, you're confident. You have confidence in yeah. the person. You're by the way, a little trick of the trade. I, I'm wondering, maybe it is a trick of the trade, and I've always wanted to ask an honest builder this because most of them are dishonest. <laughs> <laughs> but, but and you sound like an honest bloke. So when you came out to do jobs originally, going back in the day, right? Did you judge by the house and the car and the garden how much you could charge a person? Oh, absolutely. Okay, so you would look and you think, okay, they're worth a few quid. I can throw an extra 30, 40% on this job. Is that normal? Do builders, do, do tradesmen do that? Yeah, and they should because let's just say that I'm doing a, let's just say we're doing a patio out the back of a house, just something. Yeah. Say a 10 grand job, right? And all of a sudden we have to, I mean, I mean a, a patio at the back of the house and we have to go through the house. Or maybe we're going to, whatever. If you put as much of a scratch on anything in that house, it's going to be noticed. And you have to pay to get it fixed. But if the house is, you know, it, it is, is not done up to that standard or whatever else and you can get away with a little bit more and the people are going to be less fussy, of course. But you have to factor in. Like we've, you know, we've had loads of stuff go wrong. Yeah, but we, leaving aside the factoring in, is it just a case if you think they might have more money, you can charge them more? Uh, no, I remember no, years no, ago no, getting not, a not quote. Like that, no. I got a quote from a plumber, right? I was moving some pipes. I was changing an attic into a room. So I needed to get all the pipes ran across the attic, so I needed to get them all dropped down into the beams. Yeah. So I asked the plumber, would he come out and give me a price? He came out and he says, oh, yeah, no problem. I'll send you over a price for that later, right? Now, you always know that's bad news, right? If they're not going to give you a price there and then, you just know they're <laughs> thinking about it, right? So now don't get me wrong, it was a nice house I lived in at the time, right? It was a big house. And it was a nice car in the garden as well, right? Right. So off he went anyway. And the next day, no sign of the next one I rang, I said, listen, have you got a price in that job? And he says, yep. Yeah, it'd be, be 1,700 quid. I said, 1,700 quid? I said, how many days work isn't that? Uh, and he said, what do you th-? he said, what do you think yourself? He said to me. And I said, <laughs> I said, a good plumber, probably a day and a half. I said, 1,700 quid. And he said, well, but would, you, would you take, would you, would you give me 12 then? Oh, and I said, well, you were just about to charge yeah. me 1,700 quid. Yeah. And I said, and you're obviously making money on 12. I said, that's why I said, I forget about it. No, you don't, you don't deal with him. He's, you, know, you don't deal with people like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But look, I, I got to say, Joe, the book, for people who are interested, the book, by the way, is called The Tradesman Survival Guide. It's on Amazon. Joe plans to, you know, make his business worth 100 million. By when? By the end of this year? No, not the plan? end of this year. Um, we're working on a couple of things. That's what I was actually talking Don't underestimate yourself here. No, well, I was talking to the guys in the office about this because we're working on a few things now. And after the next round, we're going to be able to pick a date. So right, I just okay. haven't got the balls to pick the date Will you now. come back to me when you make the 100? Absolutely, when you make the man. I'll fly by. I'll... Yeah, we'll give, give us a few quid. We'll give us a few quid now. It's made to go round. Do you need a, you need a talk show host to help you out or something like that? or you know? Who knows? No, never say never, my friend. <laughs> and if you want to grab the book, by the way, it is on Amazon. Uh, I have to say, for somebody to come, as you mentioned already, Kevin from Clendalk, and he could have ended up going down the wrong road, but he didn't. He was a workaholic just like his dad. And uh, he made 22 million. That's what his property portfolio is worth right now, his business is worth. Joe, I'm going to give you a round of applause. Cheers, no, I appreciate that. Cause, no, because I think you deserve it. And you've got a great outlook on life and you've got great ambition and you're a hard worker by the sounds of things too. And you deserve every penny that you've got. Appreciate that, my friend. Means okay. a lot. Uh, and if you want to send Joe any emails or you want to send him any messages or you're looking for advice or you're a tradesman looking to move your business to that next stage where it's a profitable business and you're not just going week to week, job to job, 
hoping to get a few quid, by the way. You can go onto Joe's Instagram. It's Joe Doyle Entrepreneur. Any other way, Joe, they can contact you? Just Google me. I, I pop up everywhere. All right. Just Google Joe me Doyle. and I pop up, yeah. Yeah, Joe Doyle, just put in Joe Doyle Builder, you'll find him. Joe Doyle Entrepreneur, okay? And if you go onto Instagram, you can follow him there and ask him any question you like. He'll be quite happy to have a chat with you if you're a business owner or you're a, a tradesman or whatever it happens to be. Joe, thank you very much indeed for joining us. Really appreciate it. Cheers, Lord. Thank you. Now, now, real people, real opinions. Nighttime Talk with Niall Boylan. Ireland's classic hits radio.